0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as part of the potential reconciliation process, the House Ways and Means Committee has proposed reforms that would significantly increase the tax rate on multinational corporations' foreign income, according to a new report from the Penn Wharton budget model. Jelly Hur is an economist with the Penn Wharton budget model and joins us to discuss their findings. Jelly, great to have you with us today. Thanks for a few moments.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you. So let's dig into this uh, because I, I think this is an issue that while the public may not focus on it a lot, a lot of multinational corporations are very much uh, looking at the potential uh, of these uh, effective tax rates going up if uh, the reconciliation process moves forward?
1: Definitely. Yeah, so just some uh, quick background. Uh, we know the scale of profit shifting has really increased dramatically in the past decade. So if we look at the income by U.S. multinationals in tax havens, uh, we know that it doubled from $120 billion to $250 billion between 2010 and 2018. And in response, there have been a number of proposals uh, trying to combat this problem of profit shifting. And we basically find in this report that the House Ways and Means Committee proposal would almost triple the effective tax rates from around 2% under current law to uh, 7.4%. And that obviously would have important consequences for multinational profit shifting incentives and also their competitiveness in the world.
0: You also note in in the report there's a difference between what the House Ways and Means Committee is proposing and what the OECD is also proposing, correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, so the differences are going to come from uh, both the headline statutory rate and also other factors that would affect the effective tax rates, including, for example, what types of income will be exempt under different proposals and also what is the substance cop and also what would be the um, foreign tax credit um, haircuts. So there are some differences between the two proposals, uh, but one big change that are common between the two proposals is a move towards a country-by-country determination of the effective tax rate.
0: Right, and and so that would give even more flexibility to those rates changing, uh, you know, depending on the location that a company would have their operations, Correct.
1: That's correct. And we actually see it actually plays a big role in terms of the change in the effective tax rate. So if we look at the House proposal, we see that a move towards the country by country from the aggregate basis actually accounts for about half of the increase in their effective tax rates facing the U.S. multinational. So that's definitely a big component of a change from what's under current law.
0: Now, the effective tax rate, I, I, let's frame that if we can in the discussion, because uh, it, it's something I think that not everybody listening to us thinks about on a daily basis, because there have been discussions uh, about, quote-unquote, effective tax rates and how many companies actually pay those. So if you can, take us through kind of a definition of an effective tax rate. Yeah, so definitely. Uh,
1: so it's going to be slightly different from the statutory rate. Uh, that's so for the effective tax rate, it's basically what is the tax rate you paid on $1 of the income. And again, it, it's going to depend on what is the tax base and what kind of income is different, is exempt from being the taxable income. And that will count for the difference between the actual income and the taxable income. Uh, so there are going to be, again, a few factors that would make the, the divergence the differences between the two t- concepts. Although they're, again, closely linked, and uh, there are going to be differences, again, in terms of the different uh, components in the, in the proposals.
0: And so with the potential increase of the effects, effective tax rates, uh, mm-hmm. the incentive, I guess, for companies to repatriate money here to the U.S. Uh, becomes less, correct? They, it would be better for them to keep that money overseas.
1: So it really depends. So when a U.S. multinational considers if uh, it should shift income or uh, it should relocate the mobile economic activities abroad, it's going to compare what is the tax rate on the income reported in the U.S. versus abroad. So it's going to depend on both rates. Uh, for example, if we um, taking into holding everything constant, if there's your total tax rate facing your foreign income, there will be incentive to... Profits back to the U.S. Uh, again, we need to take into account what are the changes to their domestic uh, tax rates. So we have another brief basically comparing what is the city rate um, when the U.S. multinational locates their intangible investment in the U.S. versus um, the guilty tax rate abroad. And we actually find the House proposal would increase the incentive for the U.S. multinationals to shift profits to a foreign country with a tax rate below 20.7%. And if that's enough to actually persuade the U.S. multinationals to shift their intangible assets abroad, uh, it's also going to depend on the cost of setting up these very complicated tax planning structures and also sometimes having to relocate some real activities abroad.
0: So the, the potential impact on competitiveness is something that you looked at as well in this report. And it really depends on what the dynamics are, whether or not you know the, the U.S. ends up keeping status quo to where we are right now, uh, and also whether or not there's an adoption by the uh, of the OECD proposal by these other countries, correct?
1: That's correct, 100%. Uh, so we can think of four different scenarios. Uh, so let's first think about the cases when we actually adopt the House proposal. So in that case, if the OECD proposal is also adopted, then U.S. multinationals will be more or less on a level playing field with U.S. multinationals, uh, with foreign multinationals. And that is because the House proposal imposes uh, a minimum tax on their foreign income of between 66 and 7.4%, while the OECD proposes a country-by-country country minimum tax of 15%. And that's scenario one. And in the second scenario, suppose we actually adopt the House proposal, while the OECD proposal is not adopted. Um, and in that case, the U.S. multinational actually face a comparative uh, disadvantage. And that's this because these foreign nationals can continue to use these tax havens to reduce their taxes and increase their profits, while the U.S. multinationals can no longer take advantage of these tax planning uh, opportunities. And the third scenario is when, say, we uh, neither of the proposals is adopted. So, in that case, the US would still face a slightly uh, comparative disadvantage. And that is because US would still be the only OECD country that has a minimum tax on um, multinationals' foreign income. And in the last scenario, when uh, the US House proposal is not adopted, so US is still under current law while the OECD proposal is adopted then U.S. multinationals could potentially gain an advantage in terms of their profits and competitiveness. So it really depends on uh, the different uh, how things play out.
0: And, and so that's why th- it makes this discussion on Capitol Hill a very, very important one for a lot of these companies.
1: Definitely. And we, we do um, think it's very likely that some agreement on the global minimum tax will uh, be reached in the near future. Uh, so, we know that right. over 130 countries already agreed to the OECD outline proposal back in early July. And it's right. that there are more countries that are on board with the ongoing negotiations.
0: Right. Uh, Jelly, thanks very much for your time. Uh, I greatly appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you. Jelly Her, economist with the Penn Wharton budget model. And uh, by the way, it's a fantastic site. They do a lot of Uh, A great in-depth analysis on economic proposals. Uh, You can go uh, search it on the web at Penn Wharton Budget Model, and you will be able to find it right there. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.